Hi everyone, just before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know about my brand new course at Education Business Club. So it's all about coming up with your big idea for your education business. And I wrote this course because I see that one of the biggest barriers to getting a business going successfully is being really clear on your idea. So who is it that you're serving? What is the problem that you're solving? Why is it a good idea? And knowing whether or not you'll want to stick with the idea long term. So in the course, I teach the 18 reasons why your business ideas will work and won't work and the six key ingredients that you need to make sure that you have a viable idea. You're going to come away from the course being really clear on your new education business idea, whether that's you starting a business for the first time, maybe you're adding another income stream into your existing business, or even maybe you just want to sense check what you've done so far if you've been in business for a few years. It's not a long, onerous course. I didn't want to do that to you but it will provide you with lots of action-focused information that you can just start acting on straight away. You can find the course at educationbusinessclub.co.uk forward slash training. Thank you so much for listening to that. And here is today's episode. This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So recently, I've been sharing content about freelancers versus employees, and I've had quite a few questions about it. So let me go deeper on it in today's episode. Now, obviously, at Classroom Secrets, we do have employees, more than 50, but it's not that I'm only about employees and I don't like freelancers. That is not true at all. We have freelancers at Classroom Secrets as well. So don't think that I've got anything against freelancers. It's just, it's a different thing, which I'm going to go into a little bit more today. When it comes to knowing the details about the difference between having freelancers in your business and an employed team in your business, I want to start by saying that you only know if you know. You can enjoy working with either freelancers or employees or both, but you only know if you know, if you've done it, if you've experienced it. Learning about it, it's not the same, just as employing five staff is not the same as employing 50 staff. And employing 50 staff is not the same as employing a thousand staff. And equally, having an employee for six months is very different to having an employee for more than two years. And it all comes down to experience. And I know all of this, obviously, because I've done most of these things and I've reflected at the different points, not knowing what the future would hold. When I'd had an employee for a few months, I didn't know what it would be like when I'd had an employee for seven years, but I know now. And when I'd had an employee, uh, when I'd had five employees, for example, I had no idea what it would be like to have 65 employees, which I have had at one point. So, now I know. And the experience and emotional personal journey that you go on when you open yourself up to these experiences provides you with a lot of lessons. So if you don't know from your own experience, then you can learn a lot from this episode and what I share because I do know from experience. So when you're deciding whether you need a freelancer or an employee, You'll assess it based on what you need at the time. 
that's what I do still now. And it doesn't always make sense to employ. I don't just employ for the sake of employing. So for example, for Education Business Club, I've just signed with a VA freelance company. And this is for a number of reasons, which I don't mind sharing with you. So Jay, who was my VA previously, she has landed herself this epic role outside of my organisations. You know, that's what we do at Classroom Secrets. We build people up to go after what they really love to do. Um, Even if that's not with us, that's just what we do. And so I am really thrilled for her because it is the perfect job for her. And um, so you can be happy when people leave when they're going on to something that, that really suits them. So anyway, the situation as it was gave me the opportunity to just look at things differently. Now, Jade had come from Classroom Secrets with a proofreading background, so she was still involved in other projects at Classroom Secrets, and I don't need that from a VA now. So also, when Jade started the role, it was very new. She didn't have the VA experience. I'd not had a VA for quite a while. I didn't have a a podcast. I didn't post consistently on social media. So it was really a journey for us both to figure it out. But now we've got all the processes mapped out, all the training is done already, it's created. And so when I reflected on what I wanted, I knew that I needed consistent coverage and not to have to pick everything up whenever he is on holiday uh, and things like that. Hence, one of the reasons why I've looked into a VA company rather than just a single VA. You probably also know that Ed and I are working hard on elevating our roles at Classroom Secrets and every day we try to get even more out of the way, which has led us to want to separate the companies more to reduce our involvement and reliance on Classroom Secrets to build Education Business Club. We want to experience what it really feels like to get out of our own way and the more we can learn about uh, our personal growth and stepping up and embracing new levels, the more we can help you on your journey to do the same. And as we continue this journey, of course, we're going to keep sharing it with you in reels, in podcasts, in social media content, and in our training at Education Business Club. So if you feel like there's a specific course or topic that you'd love to see, then let us know because we love to share our knowledge and to serve you. And I've been quite aware recently, really, that Ed and I are now in this really small percentage bracket regarding our experience because We have held the company for almost 10 years. And obviously, there are not that many 10-year-old companies or more around. And also, we have a team of over 50, which is another unusual thing. So have a think. What is it that you really want to learn from us? How can we serve you? So what is the difference then between having a team in-house and having freelancers? And for me, it all comes down to two things culture and experience. So let's tackle culture first. I had no idea how important this was. You see, we can read about it, can't we? But unless we really experience it, it's just hard to know. Even when we had a culture in the beginning, I was unaware of it. And I could I just couldn't really put my finger on describing the culture actually up until just before the pandemic. Even though we had around 65 employees, we grew really fast. It was really hard to identify exactly what the culture was and it was changing. 
And I was reading all the books as well. I was doing my homework. I was doing the training. I was learning about it. So it's not like I was blissfully unaware. I just couldn't get myself to that place of understanding. But the thing is, when big things happen, like the pandemic, for example, one of the amazing things that happens from that, even though it doesn't really feel amazing at the time, is that it illuminates your issues and really highlights what you need to focus on. Just like that old saying that having more money doesn't make you become a bad person. It just makes who you are more obvious and magnified. It highlighted to us our culture and we identified some things that we really wanted to change. So when you employ a team, they join a culture which you set and everyone contributes to. And hopefully, once you understand it, you really keep culture at the forefront of your mind, making it important to you. I would say that a lot of my role now is focused on thinking about and developing the culture. Um, and I do that with DMD. So freelancers can obviously join a culture, can't they? But you know, it is difficult for them. I suppose it's easier if they're a one-man band, but if it's a company, they're doing their own thing and they're already in a company. And while you can work really beautifully together, it's more about what you can get from them and the skills and experience that they can bring to you rather than what you can build together. Those two words are really important, build together. So that's why I've opted for a VA company this time around because at this point in time, I just need someone to bring their skills on specific things and provide me with a service at Education Business Club. So I've talked about culture and it brings me onto ownership. When you've got colleagues that take ownership, they go to sleep and wake up caring about something that they're doing in your company. They're passionate about being involved about what you are building together. Employees help you build. Yes, you're going to have employees at all levels and you'll have those who want to progress and those who don't. But all employees should help you build. Even if they don't have the skills and capabilities to fix things, they should spot and report problems. Now, I'm not saying that a freelancer wouldn't do this, by the way. It's just that they've got other things on their mind, other priorities. I am saying, though, that every employee should be invested in the company's growth for everyone's benefit and everyone should do their bit. Have you ever been to a retail chain store or maybe a restaurant chain and you report a problem that's clearly something to do with infrastructure? Like Here's an example. So you go to a cashier and you say, I know it's not your fault, but the price on the yogurt is wrong. And instead of taking an action from what you said, they just reply with something like, oh yeah, we can't control that because head office do that. So just analyze that a minute. They're not going to tell head office. They're not going to fix it. They're not going to make it better. They're just going to live with it and make everyone else live with it and nothing will change. But it's all okay because as long as they can blame head office, they'll feel better about it every single time. Now, Ed and I see this kind of behavior a lot when we're out and about. We just we just see it. We don't necessarily look for it. We just spot it. But good employees don't do this. They're invested to help you build for the good of everyone. 
And one of the best employees we've ever had now is our operations director. And it feels weird to me, to, to be honest, to call her an employee because she's devoted a big chunk of her life to help us build. So when you have a great culture that champions ownership, you get the opposite of the retail store that I just gave you an example of. And, you know, this kind of commitment to you and what you're trying to build is not the same as anything I've experienced with a freelancer. It's much harder for a freelancer in this respect because they're jumping in and out of companies and they've possibly got their own company culture too. But when you build a culture of ownership, you get colleagues that come forward with their own ideas that are well thought out, they benefit everyone, and they're driven by the colleague as well. They want to take ownership for creating change, helping customers, helping colleagues, and just making things better for everyone. And that's the real long-term gain here. When you spend time investing in a colleague and their personal growth, where you support them, where you're able to, and you believe in them, then they'll reward you with showing you that they're capable of something amazing and they'll help you build. And sometimes that investment takes years to come to fruition, but I have seen it happen even after a long period of time. There have been times where I felt like the loan builder, where I probably have been the loan builder, but I'm not anymore. And that's the difference between having a team of committed employees and having freelancers. And I appreciate you might be listening to this podcast and maybe it's a bit next level. Maybe you're not ready for it now, but employees help you build in the right culture. And if you want to grow your business, then that's what you're aiming for. So if you've learned something from this episode or it resonated with you, I'd just really appreciate it if you could take a minute to reflect on whether there's anyone in your life that you could share it with to help us reach more teacher entrepreneurs and education business owners. That would just be so helpful. Thank you. And I'm going to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk. 